Okay, welcome guys to the latest installment of uh man, I forgot to Sorry, side beat now. But yeah, but the reason why I keep I'm at this state of stress is because we lost the initial recording. But also in some sense it kinda made sense that we didn't show out that um uh, episode because we were all tired, I believe. We Derv called yeah, it out we were, in our group chat. Yeah, we yeah go ahead. Yeah, we were. It was evident uh, during which was supposed to be the climax uh, talking point of our episode. I was just mumbling on, and everyone was already. So I think we're rejuvenated now, even though there's work tomorrow. So I think this is gonna be better. Um, and we have a guest again, and from the geeky ones, our guest is Jude. Hello. <laughs> Hello, okay. Steven can yeah. join us tonight because he's not feeling well. Uh, speedy reco- recovery, Steven. Yeah, get well, so, get well Steven. Two, the, two weeks have passed. And yes. we're going to talk about Wrestle Kingdom, day one, day two, New Japan Dash, and the hottest name in Japanese wrestling right now. We'll, 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 go, we'll go there later. We'll go there we'll go later. There. So, so guys, how was yeah? How was Wrestle Kingdom for you guys? Uh, before we divulge further into the matches, uh, let's go with. Oh yeah, I'll start. I'll start. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah. Let's go. Hey, so yeah, <clears throat> but oh. yeah. Um, <laughs> wait, wait. I'll just say, uh, Wrestle Kingdom. 15 was one of my, I uh, know, was probably, was a great way to start New Japan in 2021. Like, <clears throat> you were waiting for match quality, you're, you're, I uh, know, you know, you want to make sure that New Japan starts off the right foot, especially that it's still in pandemic mode, like, and then now it's state of emergency. Uh, New Japan was still able to deliver one of the best wrestling events in of the year like i think even though one of the best things about wrestle kingdom that even though it's at the start of the year it's still one of the best like yeah it's always hard to top like i think for the past few years it's the best wrestling event for the past like even though it's the first event of the year it's still the best but uh yeah but yeah um night one was a great uh was great castle night two was where everything just exploded and it was just Impressive yeah. matches, great storylines, and just really fun. Anyway, that's my take. How about so, you, Derv? How about you, Derv? How do you feel about so, Wrestle Kingdom? Um, as a whole, as a whole. As a whole, Wrestle Kingdom uh, 15. Um, the expectations were low, especially from fans who were not familiar with uh, New Japan, the wrestlers themselves, and just tuned in because let's admit it. There are some uh, names that we've seen from other companies before, and Wrestle Kingdom 15 lacked that, lacked that, and their expectations were a bit low. But boy, oh boy, Wrestle Kingdom 15 over delivered, overperformed with the given circumstances. And I think Wrestle Kingdom 15 is the second best, or it's now tied, in my opinion, as the best Wrestle Kingdom next to Wrestle Kingdom 9. In terms of whole show, in terms of a whole show, 
So that's big because Wrestle Kingdom 9 is widely regarded as the best Wrestle Kingdom to date, according to people. To date, right now. Yeah, let's let's um, keep our focus on that because uh, I'm going to follow you up on that because uh, of course we love we, we actually I, I'm I, I agree with you that Wrestle Kingdom 9 and Wrestle Kingdom 15 is a great uh, is a great are, are both great events but just a follow-up question as I said uh, who did you think had the better main event, 15 or 9? Mm, I think with the main event, um, it's unfair to Wrestle Kingdom 9 because they only had one day, but it's the rivalry of the let's generation. Choose, let's choose the last one. Then. I mean, that's the main, main okay. one. Yeah. Okay, so you had at Wrestle Kingdom 9, you had Tanahashi and Okada, yes, um, which was their second match in the series. Tanahashi Okada, which is the second match in their series, uh, in their three-match Wrestle Kingdom rivalry. And then we had Ibushi and Jay White uh, in Wrestle Kingdom 15. But as a whole, uh, I think the main event of Wrestle Kingdom 9 was received hotter and was better, I think, because I just like how long it is. It's not a marathon compared to Wrestle Kingdom 15's. Even though it's a really, really, really good match. So, yeah, yeah I have to go with Wrestle Kingdom 9. Oh, still the best. Anyway, so with that being said, I enjoyed uh, Wrestle Kingdom 15 uh, in general. I wouldn't say that Wrestle Kingdom 15 exceeded expectations like, let's say, a Wrestle Kingdom 9 or some sorts, but not really. But uh, overall, the show went great. And the way I, I love the way I think. Um, the English commentators carried the entire thing because yeah. it was a very like watershed moment for professional wrestling in a time where uh, COVID, you know, killed us in a sense, like killed our spirit, killed our momentum, and uh, essentially killed our entire 2020, right? And yeah, it actually reset our whole lives in how how we conduct ourselves with yeah. other people. So, I mean. I'm still happy that I got to be friends with you guys this 2020. But you know, it would be better if it were in in uh, it would have been better if it were in different circumstances. But other than that, being in wrestle here in Wrestle Kingdom, I think I don't know. Like it was such a sentimental moment, especially for all wrestling fans, because this was the, like the shot of adrenaline that wrestling needed. And as as Jude said a while ago, right? We we have this um, idea that Wrestle Kingdom will always be a great show, but knowing the quote-unquote limitations that they have, there there had been expectations where, no, they're not going to perform well. They're not going to do well because, let's say, kulang. They didn't have enough wrestlers. They they didn't yeah. have um, this or that. No, it was a really great event. And I think more than just being a great wrestling event, I think, this was um, an emotional event for everyone that needed, you know, something to latch on to emotionally because, you know, of what happened during the previous year. So, yeah, great event. Uh, I cannot, uh, I don't have a lot of words to... Um, also, I if I may add, with Wrestle Kingdom 15, this is the first because this was easier to digest because we were not sitting in front of... 
of what We're not sitting in between for a good eight hours. So yeah. it was more watchable. They, they followed the format for the G1, which ha- only had six matches, uh, but they copied uh, the format from last year as well, where it included pre-match matches, up to yeah. show matches. So I think um, as a whole, this, this is why I think Wrestle Kingdom 15 over-delivered, because every match, except for a, a few, are memorable, especially the ones shown on pay-per-view. Because um, mm-hmm. Wrestle Kingdom before had this problem of having great matches, but you can only memorize a few moments. This actually all changed last year, because last year was you had the Liger final two matches, you have Hiromu's comeback, you yeah. had and of course, definitely, the coronation of a certain someone named Tetsuya Naito, which the fans were clamoring for like two years or seven years, well, two years since the Lord of Okada Kingdom 12. Uh, so you had three memorable moments. The problem before with some Wrestle Kingdoms is you only get to Remember on the top of your head, Omega Okada from Wrestle Kingdom 11. Yeah. Uh, Naito's apparent non coronation from Wrestle Kingdom 12 and the Jericho Omega match. Wrestle Kingdom 13, which I think was the weakest of the recent Wrestle Kingdoms. I mean, Wrestle Kingdom, not Wrestle Kingdom. Wrestle Kingdom 13 yeah. was the weakest among the recent Wrestle Kingdoms. So, yeah, and actually, Here's a good spot again. Wrestle Kingdom 15 having so many memorable matches is reminiscent of Wrestle Kingdom 9 because you have that one and two punch from Wrestle Kingdom 9 from with Shinsuke and Kota Ibushi, which with this uh until recent recently was my favorite uh match. match. Oh okay. Yeah, and then Tanahashi Okada at the minute that legendary um rivalry that they had. Also, um, yeah, continue, continue. Go ahead. Yeah, you had uh, a few memorable moments as well from Wrestle Kingdom Night. So that's what I really love about um, Wrestle Kingdom 15 is that it wasn't like a one match or two match show. No, man. I, I, I don't know, man. I love this. I, I It had uh, a lot of various, like, uh, callbacks, especially to previous Wrestle Kingdom. So I think that's why we we really. I mean, yeah. I could I could definitely um, talk for the rest of this panel that we enjoyed vastly during Wrestle Kingdom 15. So with that being said, I think uh, we can go ahead to the matches, like specific matches. Okay, so we're bringing out the old technique, the Forbidden Jutsu, something something. So I was doing the hand thing. Okay, so we're doing the one-word associations this time. Well, not really one word, but we can go with like expressions of what you what you guys think of these certain matches. Okay, so let's go with night one. Uh, I mean, you could also explain why. So I mean, you don't have to really like cut your explanation too. I mean, you don't have to cut your answer too much. Anyway, so. Let's go to the 20-man New Japan Rambo, in which 
Chase Owens, Bad Luck Fale, Bushi, and Toriano advanced in the fight in the final four. So how about you guys? What did what did you guys think of the Rambo? I think it's better, Jude. If you can help us start. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. okay. For me, like this is a it was a it was a nice funny match with you know with Yano winning without having to enter the ring and Chase Owens boyhood dream. Still, uh, remaining alive after the end of the match, which was one of the be- one of the more interesting parts of the match. What I don't like is that some of the wrestlers that were involved in the Rumble should have been at least on the main card. You know, we get Suzuki Goto, um, Yoshihashi, and Tohinari specifically. Even though those four guys are like, and uh, like for Tohinari, like he just came back. I, I wish he just got something. Better. I wish Suzuki has gotten some. I wish Suzuki got something better because, you know, he might he won't be around for long. Especially rumors of his retirement are are more are louder than ever. So yeah, no. it's, a, it's a funny match though. Like Toriano winning is just uh Pikiano, Pikiano in KOPW. So that's it. I'll go next. Uh, so- if I can. Like the uh, if I can indulge myself a little bit, uh, I'll go entitled this time. <laughs> I'll go entitled this time, Derv. <laughs> anyway, I, I felt like the New Japan Rumble, if I can describe it in one word, is um, missing. So reason why I called it missing because I wish they had they were able to add a couple of wrestlers, maybe like they could have um, invited some wrestlers like. Not necessarily, but I also agree with Jude's sentiment. Like, there are some wrestlers in there that should have been in the main card. That's one. And also, if you're gonna put them in, like, uh, you didn't need two Bullet Club winners there. You could have put, like, I, I mean, as Jude said, Tohenari could have been there, right? So, I don't know. Uh, that's how I would describe it. Missing. But it was great. It was funny. It was, like, as Jude said, it was great. But, yeah. I missed a couple of stuff. How about you, Derb? Um, for my one-line review, it's a big brain cluster. You know, it's gonna be fun, but there were some random stuff happening that was like some wrestlers were just on attacking someone on the fly, so it added more comedic value. But yeah, I think it's general conception, and I agree with. Both Abel and Jude that some wrestlers were wasted on this rumble, this Rambo, especially when you had names like Yoshihashi Yoshi, Yoshi, and Goto who were like the number six man championship, I number never six man champions, and you had Tawahinari and Minoru Suzuki who's like they could have made Minoru Suzuki versus a certain someone later for a certain briefcase. So no man, should have been. good point. That was a good point. All right. So with that being said, let's move to the next match. So this is the match between the winner of the Best of the Super Juniors and, of course, the winner of the Super Jacob. Let's go ahead and talk about Hiromu Takahashi and El Fantasmo. Jude, one-liner. Here we go. Uh, okay. Uh, 
Super J- the Super Jacob finally means something more than the jacket. But the match is the match itself is a is just a preview of what happens in night two. <laughs> night two is way better. <laughs> e okay. How about you, Derb? Uh, thoughts on oh, like a uh, one-liner for this particular matchup? Um, they shouldn't. They shouldn't have done that spot. Ooh. <laughs> The dive outside. I think it was a moonsault from ELP yeah. to Hero. It was the walk the tightrope. Toes and injured. I think the arc of his right foot. Um, Steve Steven from the Geeky Ones. Uh, I was. We were talking in Discord over at the Geeky Ones uh, Discord channel uh, regarding this one that everyone was pointing to ELP's foot, and that's why the match, while being good. I felt like it was prematurely ended by a roll-up, a hurakarana out of nowhere. So yeah, um, it was sad to see ELP find, uh, be injured in the biggest moment of his life. But hopefully um, things like this... Because uh, I think this is one of the first true legitimate injuries in Red Kingdom. Well, recently, I think. Yeah. It forced the match to have a change... Uh, uh, length or outcome. So yeah, that is my one-line review for this match. Uh, okay. With that being said, I'll go with mine. I'll say, uh, good for what it was. That's my line. Why? Because as you said, um, there were injuries, um, and I'd like to say that maybe there were time constraints as well. So. I I would definitely I, I I definitely would like to see that match in a longer scale, but given what they had produced, I think it was good enough to you know get the fans like supporting Hiromu towards his train to um, the title. So this was a good match, but uh, get well soon, uh, El Fantasmo. He's gonna be a great. I mean, we can all agree that this he's gonna be a, a, an even bigger star in 2021. But we hope, well, for everyone, not just for him. We hope everyone doesn't don't encounter these kinds of injuries to hamper their development. You know. So that being said, let's move next to the world tag the IWGP World Tag Team Championships. It's the Gorillas of Destiny in my match, the Dangerous Deckers, uh, God winning against uh, Dangerous Deckers. Uh, dude, go ahead. Start us off. Okay. Um, for me, uh, great run for the Techers. Like happy for the Techers, but even happier for God. Their curse has been broken because you know finally they. <laughs> it's been. It's like it feels so weird that it's the first time they they've won in the Tokyo Dome. Yeah. You no, know, because of how successful they are as a pair. But yeah. Uh, record-breaking night, and my favorite. Uh, my, well, it's it's my second favorite Bullet Club match. It's the it's the oh it's the feel-good Bullet Club match of the the event. So yeah. Nice. Okay. Uh, I'll. Are you? Little, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Is it? A, I have a question, Jude. Is it mm-hmm. the only match that Bullet? Eh, no, no, no. There's gonna be another one. Okay. 
I'm we're gonna spoil something if I continue with the question. So go uh, on, Abel. Sorry, sorry. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, I'll <clears> switch. Uh, I'll switch a little bit on this one, and I'll go next. Uh, I'm gonna go and say it, this match was a power play because of a certain individual that we may be naming later. But then again, it's like um, with refer referring to Tamatonga. Uh, last time, I think that it was like a previous New Japan talk where he wasn't technically happy in New Japan. So, what New Japan did was they brought his brother in. And then after yeah. uh, bringing his brother in, they were winning, they were winning, but they couldn't get that curse broken. So, once again, yeah. Tama is not happy. So, now that, they, now that he's won, he's happy again. So, they can keep Tama. Yeah. And that's a, a small... Uh, a small move in a bigger um, plane of big of power plays that I, that we'll discuss later. So go ahead, Derv. Yeah. So for my review, um, this was actually the most predictable match on the card, but it's well deserved. Yeah. Because like Jude yeah. said, um, uh, God has never won at the Tokyo Dome as a team, and I think they should have won a few matches. I think they should have won against Finn Juice if it wasn't a comeback story for David Finley. But yeah, it was the most predictable, but still well deserved. And you do expect Zach Saber and especially now Taichi to go again on their singles runs. And yeah, unless they're still needed because I think New Japan is still running low on tag teams as of this moment. So, yeah. I'll, I'll, before we continue, um, I'll, I'll just add that I'm sad that I lost the tag team championships. Anyway, <laughs> okay. So, I see also, yeah. lastly, just to be transparent, I was supposed to ask Jude, was this the only match that Bullet Club won? But I just realized that the answer is a spoiler to the next match, which is Kenta versus Satoshi Kojima for the U.S. heavyweight title uh, rights briefcase. Okay. So I think um, we can switch it up a little and start with Abel here so, okay. and get his thoughts on the match. Okay, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I'll go ahead and say uh, unnecessary. There. I mean, as much as I love Satoshi Kojima, uh, and dude, he's like um, one of those wrestlers that even though um, he gets older, he's, he can still perform, but there could have been a different wrestler to have him face because uh, he, there, there were, I mean, if you check out the people that were in the Rambo in the first match, there are a couple of people there that were valid to to have a stake to the claim to say, hey, I can beat Kenta for the US briefcase, so why not me? And Kojima, I, I mean, as much as it was a good match, a decent match, I wish it was not him. It could have been, honestly, even if it was Togi Makabe, I would have accepted it. Because Makabe can still go. Uh, maybe Toa Hinari can still go. Um, Yoshiashi being a like one of the standouts in G1, he can go, go take that spot. And yeah, um, 
It was unnecessary, but it was it was a decent match. That was it. Yeah, so I'll go next. Um, yeah. For me, it should have been... Um, let's just um, tell the people here, if they're not familiar about the, uh, uh, the situation regarding this match. This was supposed to be Juice Robinson, but he injured his uh, orbital bone. I think it was in the Road to Tokyo Dome shows or in the World Tag League. I'm not, I can't remember when, but um, it should have been Toa Hinari, like, uh, it could have been Toa Hinari, like Abel said, and my review is simply this, should have been Suzuki, imagine if Suzuki was the one inserted into that match versus Kenta, would have hyped up a lot more people, um, would have given Suzuki a prime match, even though it's another predictable match. But it will give him that certain doubt if Kenta will still go out and challenge John Moxley for the US title. So, Jude, um, can you end us off on this match with your thoughts and why? And explain okay. why. Um, I think I'll say that first, the match had had no right to be as good as it as it was like you didn't expect like you thought it was a throwaway match but yeah. Satoshi Kojima just um just you know made us remember reminded us how good he was like how good he was in all Japan how good he was in new as a as new Japan champion but yeah it was a good match um didn't expect uh one half of Tenkozy to to be part of Wrestle Kingdom 15 at this state, but we have what we have that match right. <laughs> that match happened, and it was really it was King's Road. It was a King's Road showcase because those guys were all Japan. Kenta is a Noah guy. Kojima is a all Japan guy, and yeah, good match. But yeah, I would have would have been better if it were another wrestler, like maybe Ishii. Because Ishii once contested in the final of the U.S. title tournament when it was first um, first announced, and you know Yoshihashi could have been a nice choice because if you remember G1, there was this nice little storyline where Kenta was just obsessed with Yoshihashi's uh, stick or cane. But yeah, good, still a good match, but would have been better if it were. Um, a full-time, a more full-time competitor involved. All right. So nice. now that we talked about, I know uh, we talked about the United States Championship. Let's go to quote unquote a blood feud. Let's say it's Hiroshi Tanahashi. And let's go to the uh, yeah. big What's three that? matches for day one. Oh, okay, okay. It's the big three that. So. This is Hiroshi Tanahashi defeating the Great Okan. So, uh, let's once again switch it up. Derp, go first. <laughs> Okan is a star. I mean, Okan now he changed his name. Okan is a star. The why? Because the way he presented himself, the uh, doing that Jiangxi uh, entrance, yeah. uh, the Chinese when he was hopping around, acting like. Like the Jiangxi, which is attire is, I think his uh, ring gear is inspired by. And yeah, this was another 
point in which New Japan can build someone by having them lose a match because Tanahashi wouldn't wrestle you in a Wrestle Kingdom match considered as one of the big singles matches in Wrestle Kingdom with with no purpose. Because I think Tanahashi either chooses who he wants to face and who he wants to build or New Japan has big plans for you. And the last guy before Great Okan that faced Tanahashi in a, sing, uh, in a match where they lost after coming from excursion is a certain someone that we'll talk about later. Yeah, we will. So, yeah. I'll, I'll go next and Jude's gonna go last this time. So, uh, I'm gonna go and agree with um, Derv. Okan is a superstar. Uh, I mean, we... We like, uh, we like the match itself. We, we definitely did, but this was a match to show that uh, Okan can hang with the best of them. So I, I, I enjoyed the way they portrayed um, Okan. He was this um, really unstoppable force, and of course, it had to take an ace to defeat uh, Okan. And I think. That's very appropriate. I wish Okan would have won, but even if you know, um, even if he lost, it's still a star-making performance. And also, uh, Derb mentioned a while ago, the entrance alone, like he he proved himself to be quite a performer in every right, in every right of the word. So yeah, uh, Okan, I'm looking at him, and this is not just Okan. I'm looking at the entire empire. To be um, greater pieces in New Japan, which we'll get into later. So, uh, with that being said, how about you, Jude? Um, where where do you see this um, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Okan match? Like, how did you see it actually? Okay, um, I think I can say that this is uh, once again like Okan showed us that you know. He looks strong. Like he looks so strong against Okada. Like he he didn't eat a pin. He was knocked out, so he couldn't react. So <laughs> he had to be knocked out cold just to lose a match. And this one, although although he although he finally got pinned in a sing, in singles competition, um, he looks he still looks strong against Tanahashi. And as you guys said, that Tanahashi picks his opponents. You know, he makes sure that. Like every Wrestle Kingdom, even though he's no longer, he hasn't contended for a title in a while, in a New Japan title for a while, he makes sure that, you know, his the opponents that he faces are like top stars, top quality, top draws. And yeah, he helped. And I think, you know, Tanahashi got to help Okan a good, a good, to a good extent after this match. Like, just show Okan is a really tough competitor that's hard to beat. And um, after this, I just hope Okan wins his next singles match. Like whether it be uh, whether it be a new Road to New Beginning show, uh, whether it be a New Japan Cup debut. I just hope he gets in gets in there. He get, yeah, he just gets more singles matches because he's a guy. Who has a lot of potential post excursion, and out of the two people who just came out of excursion, he's the way better one. Because we'll be talking about the other guy in another night. Yeah, in the other night. But yeah, great, oh, great, uh, 
great Wrestle Kingdom debut for Okami. <laughs> Here we go. Jude dropping the dropping the witty lines. And he's gonna drop more jokes, I'm guessing. Jude has been on a roll. I mean, if you guys were at least part of if if this was a live show somehow and you guys heard what Jude has been saying, Jesus Christ, he, he is on a roll of these jokes. So let's go ahead and focus on the next match with another Empire member. Uh, this is Empire, not yet UE, just yet. So uh, I'll go first with the Big Willie, Will Osprey and Kazuchika Okada. So I enjoyed the match, but I'm just going to say that uh, if we're considering one lines, it's Empire wins it all. So the reason why I chose that one line is because even in defeat, uh, the Empire is going to be a force to be reckoned with. It's going to be like Empire looks um, poised to be... Um, uh, a fixture, a great fixture in New Japan. But it, that being said, Will Osprey will also become Supernova, especially in 2021. I'm, I'm rooting at least for the wrestler. Maybe not the person, but I'm rooting for the wrestler. <laughs> but yeah, uh, let's go with Jude. Jude, how do you think of the? Uh, what do you think of the uh, Will Osprey versus Okada matchup? Okay, I think I can say that it's you know Osprey and Okada. Whenever they face each other, they have um, they have pretty solid chemistry. Like they faced a good number of times in the G1. Um, I think their G1 match in 2019 was one of the best matches of that year. And yeah, um, Osprey proves that you know his move to heavyweight will not diminish his high flying style. Yet it will add more like it will add more power to his already dangerous arsenal and yeah um as a debut as somewhat a debut match for him as the member of the empire was solid but you know in the end okada still got the upper hand because you know it's still okada like you can't even though osprey has osprey has graduated to junior heavyweight he's the current rev pro champion he still has some ways to go when it comes to becoming a top heavyweight star. And, you know, we, we might see him succeed this year. But yeah, um, him uh, this match against Okada proves that he still has a bit more to grind, but it's getting close. Alright, so next, yeah, we're gonna go last with one of his, um, with that one of Big Willie's biggest supporters here. Derv, what do you think about the match? Actually, I started out as someone who doesn't like Will Ospreay on the ring because um, I like my wrestling to be a mix of everything and Ospreay, during the first part of how I know him, uh, the getting to know him more in New Japan was a high flyer. But my thoughts on this, if I can say it in one line, was it was a great showing, but there had there were some fillers. Reason for that is why I think this was one of the best matches of the Wrestle Kingdom 15 card. I thought that they could have shortened this match a wee a wee bit, 
Um, they could have got a few minutes of the match. I know it's an Okada match, it's an Osprey match, so, and I feel that they're gonna give this time, given the current situation uh, with how New Japan conducts their cards now. But this match felt like there were some feelers that could have, uh, once if they're erased, could have made the match more concise and better. Alright, so last match, we're going to the last match. So, because you're a big supporter of um, Big Willie Osprey right here, let's turn it a little bit into a somber moment for you, Derv. And, <laughs> we'll go and with, Jude. And Jude. Well, actually, it's a somber moment for the entire team. So, I mean, bittersweet, let's say. Let's say, let's give it that. Uh, I'll go and turn the page to Kota Ibushi defeating Tetsuya Naito for double gold. I'll go first because, um, as much (laughs) no, because um, I mean, uh, as much as we tease at each other for our favorite wrestlers and whatever, I'll go first this time because um, I'll just use the implications of the match, not because I like any of the. I mean, I'm I'm fans of them, but not because I'm. uh, I'll, I'll go. Objective on uh, subjective on this one. Uh, I wish Naito kept the belt. That's the, the line. That's my line. So the reason why because he needed the roll call. I felt like this was his. I mean, this is his Wrestle Kingdom um, opportunity to finish the roll call, and he wasn't able to do it. And with Hiromu Takahashi winning uh, big this year, it would have been appropriate at least to have like all the members of LIJ becoming like really united in a stand. But with that being said, I'm happy for Ibushi because he won. He finally, um, he is one step closer to becoming God because he still had to face uh, Jay White in the next match, uh, in the next night. So yeah, that's me. How about you, Jude? What did you think of uh, Kota beating Tetsuya Naito? Okay. Now, I think one thing I can say is that during the match, I wish I was proven wrong I, because I predicted Ibushi would win this. And at, during the ma- during the course of the match, I was just wishing I was wrong because, you know, the roll, the, the roll call went into my mind and just thought that, you know, I wish it would just happen. I wish it would happen, would have happened early, would have happened last year. <laughs> Even, you know, I wish Kenta wouldn't have interrupted. But yeah, still. It was, a, it was, I felt sad for Naito, but I bet Naito will have another chance at this, another crack at the world title. But yeah, hats off to Ibushi, who finally, like, achieved the, achieved the somewhat singles. No, no, well, he achieved, um, He's almost getting there when it comes to winning all titles in New Japan. Like, he's missing a US title, he's missing a six-man belt. But the fact that he finally won the IWGP Heavyweight Championship is just, um, just perfect right now. Like, finally. Um, he has won all major tournaments in New Japan. He has won the Intercontinental. He has won the Open Weight. He was a he was a tag team champion. He was a junior tag, and he was a junior champion too. Like 
you know, it was just a matter of it was just a matter of when he'll when he would win the world title, and finally, it's just perfect. Like it was just so emotional that you really felt so happy. I really felt so happy with Kota Ibushi just finally winning because like the past few years, like the mid 2010s, weren't really so kind to him. Like you know, there was this one phase where he was just going around different wrestling promotions doing. Weird, weird, ridiculous shit, and then he finally got it all together in New Japan. It was just like, just perfect, and yeah, it was the night he became god, and I can say third best match of the night. All right. With that being said, let's move to our next match. No, I'm kidding. Let's move to our resident Naito fan, uh, Derv. How did you feel about? Your guy losing uh, the big one. I agree with Jude, but I'll change it up a bit. Um, during our past recording, I rambled. The one that we lost, I rambled that it should have been Naito, it should have been Naito. But let's give credit to where it's due. Uh, although I agree with you guys, the roll call should have happened. Um, we finally have an Anahashi replacement in the big four. Um, with this, why? Ibushi finally solidified his spot as one of the big four of New Japan by winning the belt. And like you said, he has won, I think, every major tournament and every major singles title. He's just missing a few. Um, a few, a new one, which is the US title, which is fairly new. But yeah, this match was really good. Um, you can expect that. I think Tanahashi, Naito and Naito and Ibushi has the best chemistry within them. Among the big four. Um, also, I love how the bumps to the neck, even though we're gearing up for it, uh, there were less of it, and it was more of a match where it was remembered with how clean it is. But um, my, if I own, if I can have one gripe with this match, if I can nitpick uh, the finish, sort of. Reminds me of the G1 finals from last year. I felt that it was too abrupt and they could have, well, they could have added a few spots in. Well, this should have been the longer match uh, between the two title matches within, uh, within the two Wrestle Kingdom shows, or Wrestle Kingdom days with Wrestle Kingdom shows for this year. So, yeah, that's it. Um, Kota Ibushi is now the new Tanahashi with him being the. Uh, Ultra baby face, the baby face out of the big four. So yeah. Is he really big four? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Alright. So now that we have uh first night done, let's move on to the next night, which is of course obviously night two. So we have the women's matches first, but these weren't televised. Um I'll I'll go to do to Jude's answer later. But Derp, did you watch this? Um, the ladies match, I think it wasn't shown. Okay, so uh, we'll just pop off on our opinions on these matches. So, Jude, go ahead. Your opinions on the start of matches. For the for the start, ah, is this a stardom one? Okay, go. Uh, for stardom, well, they haven't watched it, but uh, the fact that they had two matches, the fact that they had. Uh, 
two matches with two of with at least I think three of their best factions. It's just really it was a great showcase of the match. Uh, re- really great showcase of what Stardom offers, and you know, New Japan is. Uh, I mean, Bushi Road in general is handling Stardom right now, and and actually gathering talent from different promotions. And yeah, this is a good showcase for for Stardom. The fact that they, the fact that Stardom gets to wrestle, Stardom talent like Mayu Watani, Julia gets to wrestle in the to- Tokyo Dome. It's just awesome. But but yeah, I wish it were televised, but I think due to like um, the fact that they're broadcasted on different networks in Japan, um, they couldn't. So yeah, it's still a good showcase though. Like from how the from how the images look, it was yeah, it was still it was stardom at its uh, at, the, at it was a solid stardom offering, you know. Uh, so I'm gonna go um, next on that. I'll. I'll second the motion. I like. I I'd like to see like at least maybe one match pre-show and then one match main card because I really like yeah. the the fact that they could um, showcase Stardom and Stardom is like a car crash, like a women in a car crash kind of scene. And if you're a fan of car crash matches, if you're a fan of like really great wrestling, it uh, the Joshis are just amazing. So with that being said, uh, if they wanted to limit the women from the Tokyo from the Dome show at least maybe one like at least just show one that's my opinion on it but uh, same with Jude I saw the images it was great it looked great to me so why not and maybe who knows this is just a testing like a testing pad for them to see hey maybe people watch it so maybe next year we'll turn it into a main card attraction so how about you Jude your thought uh, your thoughts on Stardom getting their uh, their uh, feature in New Japan. I think this also happened last year, also day two last year. But um, I would have preferred if they added at least one match, like you guys said, this year. But I think um, there's still a separation between the Bushi Road property, so mm. that isn't possible. But from what I heard, we might get one at Castle Attack, at least one. So, um, at least we have that. But yeah, it should have been shown on the main card. I mean, they should have shown it on the main card. So yeah, that's my thoughts. And also, it's perfect way to gauge how people react to Stardom matches being added to the biggest show of New Japan's schedule. All right. So let's move on to the main card this time with the first match becoming. The four-way for the provisional King of Pro Wrestling 2021 tro- trophy, Toriano defeats Chase Owens, Bad Luck Fale, and Bushi. Uh, who would like to go first? Go ahead. Or should I go first? I think I can start with this one. Just go ahead. To... Well, yeah, this is the end of uh, Chase Owens. Like, his boyhood dream. He won't win the King of Pro Wrestling 2021. Ah, he won't be provisional King of Pro Wrestling. And yeah, it was um, was still Yano, the true ace of New Japan, and you know, remember this guy pinned Okada to to be the provisional <laughs> king did. of pro wrestling last year, and right now he, you know, he's starting off the year by holding on to the same, holding on to the new trophy. 
And yeah, while it's all fun and games for Yano, I wish this were a serious trophy because I, I think this is um, I think this is a good like um, you know, it's it feels like um a boxing trophy, uh, oh, yeah, a boxing belt or a UFC belt. Like you know, you have to fight. Like you, you have to contest for this. You're a fighting champion if you're king of pro wrestling. And although Yano is really Yano's. Um, Yano's comedic style really shines with the stipulations that King of Pro Wrestling offers. I think this would have been, I think, you know, uh, a more serious competitor would be a good choice too. You know, like, you know, you can have the King Minoru Suzuki <laughs> at this stage. Or you can have someone like um, someone young, like you know Toa Henari who just came back, you know, or get the boy who dream come true and give it to Chase Owen soon. <laughs> but yeah, there's so many possibilities with Game of Pro Wrestling, and I hope they do a lot of things with this in 2021. Even though it's even though even though it the even though it would mostly be comedic Yano matches, but yeah, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to what happens to King of Pro Wrestling. That's, yeah. that's my take. Uh, who goes next between you and me? Should we play, play rock, paper, scissors? No, I'm kidding. Uh, I'll go, I'll go. Oh, wait, wait, who, who, who? You, you go first. Okay, okay. So, that being said, yes, I agree with Jude, I, I wish, uh, uh, to me, I didn't think, uh, who's this? I didn't think Bad Love Folly needed to be in that match. I wish it was someone else. Like, I'm looking at the wrestlers now. I mean, Minoru Suzuki is always a great addition, but he's, um, I'd rather prefer him in a serious match rather than this kind of match. Uh, Tohenari is a great addition. Yoshiashi is a great addition. Um, who else? A show could have been a great addition. So yeah, there were some wrestlers that could have been a great addition instead of Bad Luck Fale. Uh, but I also felt sad that Chase Owens was um, had this boyhood dream cut short. But <laughs> then again, uh, we wish, you know, um, same with Jude also. We wish that KOPW sounds like something that could really be something. But with that being said, I feel like the KOPW trophy, to me, sounds like New Japan's quote-unquote answer to the 24-7 build, maybe. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, uh, Toriano winning is always fun, but I wish the, the pieces, the, the pawns that were part of that chessboard should have been changed. But yeah, uh, go ahead, Derv. Uh, here's my thoughts. I, I accidentally skipped this match. I was in the gym. And with that, with that, that I skipped this match, let's go on to the next match, which is uh, Yoshinobu Kanimaru, Eldest Prado versus, um, let us see, Kanimaru versus Master Wato and Ryusuke Taguchi. And if I may, can I go first again? Yeah, yeah go. Can I go first I accidentally skipped this match as well because I was in the gym, so I can't give my opinion. So let's throw it over to Abel and then have Jude after. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> okay, so I'm just gonna go ahead and say um, Master Wato is not in a really great position here. I really want him to. I really want him to like shine. Knowing you two, I think Master Wato should pucker up his ass. Yeah. Because <laughs> one but I think this match was actually, uh, I mean, I hope it's not, but it's destined for Wato to fail. Because um, Ryusuke Taguchi is such a, a character. He's such a personality all on his, on his own. He, I mean, uh, I mentioned this in our previous recording that got busted up. Uh, if you see Ryusuke Taguchi team up with Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kazuchika Okada, and then they would do the look away pose with Taguchi. Yeah, like you know that uh, Taguchi um, demands a certain level of attention. So I felt like this should not have been a match with Taguchi as a tag team partner. Although, with yeah. that being said, um, who else is there? Who else in New Japan land that is still in junior heavyweight that can tag with him? I'm not, I mean, on the top of my head. All I'm thinking about are chaos people, like Sho and Yo, maybe, right? So there's not a lot of options that Wato has. So that being said, Wato has. I'll, I'll end it with same as Derv. Wato has to pucker up. It's time to pucker up. Mm, you know, hopefully something comes out of it uh, on a really positive note because we. I think we can all agree that we like Wato. Am I right? Um, no, I, mean, I mean, not not, not Master Wato, but Hiraiko Wato. We like the guy, right? Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah. And we want to succeed. Exactly. But, exactly. But if I can add anything, it's just... It's weird seeing a Japanese guy playing a gimmick of something of Chinese culture. So, yeah. So, we can throw it back before I say anything. Okay. Um, and let's throw it to Jude, who I think is gonna make Master Waters as talker up even more. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think I can say that, you know, out of, as I said earlier, out of the two people, two wrestlers who have returned for, from Excursion, Okan is having a way better time in a shorter amount of time as well. And both of them have, like, Chinese inspired gimmicks and yeah. at least Okan, well Mongolian Chinese, is doing so well with it. Meanwhile, Grandmaster Wato or way to the Grandmaster Wato. Master Wato, yeah, he's not Grandmaster yet. But for me, you know, he's at the, at this point he's just Wato. He needs to there's something wrong. There's something wrong with this gimmick. Like I think me and my friend when we first saw Wato when we first saw him like you know, his hair blue, his his whole you know, he was he's like blue by IPO sixty five if you know that song. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, like like when we first saw that like, what the fuck? Like I was thinking that if you return from excursion you get you at least get a serviceable gimmick, you at least get a serviceable personality that would be good, like, would help you propel, would help propel you to something, like, um, remember when Show and Yo appeared, like, in ROH, they were the Teriyaki Boys, which is 
Kind of racist. They're pretty racist, actually. Like, pretty ridiculous. And they were tagged up with Colt Cabana to face Dalton Castle and the boys. But but when they went to Japan, they were Rupongi 3K. And they wa- they became junior tag champs in a short amount of time with no issue. Um, but yeah, uh, when, when Wato, when Hiroto Kawai went back to Japan, it's like, You'd wish he was out. You wish he was back in excursion for a bit longer in CMLL because the gimmick they gave him is somewhat like, um, you know, when he, it's like it's dead on arrival. Wait, the grandmaster. But yeah, okay. Um, I just wanna say that. It's really weird to see him with Ryusuke Kitaguchi. I think. It would have been a better match if um, Rock if it were a Rocky Romero Taguchi pairing again would have been at least nice to see like it's at least it's a it's an experienced um, pair of juniors who are facing off against the best junior tag team right now, uh, El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Um, I just want to note that even though that there were some um, disagreements between. Uh, Kanemaru and El Desperado during the match, they, they really held, they just held together and put on a solid performance, like, their veteran, their, their teamwork and veteran, um, ex- their tag team experience just shine through this match, and, you know, you see that it's just, it's just bad for Wato, man, like, I really wish they, he ditched the gimmick at some point. <laughs> You know, you know, New Jap- I don't think New Japan wrestlers are stuck to their gimmick forever. Yeah. I wish I wish they'd reinvent, you know, Yoshihashi reinvented himself to like I forgot his gimmick name, Internal Explosion or something to get back up, which now is working. Work for him in 2020. So yeah. Wato. Not Master Wato, Wato. <laughs> He's not even. Yeah. He's way to the grandmaster, but he's not even like master. <laughs> like he's just. Oh yeah. Um. His logo is like Microsoft Paint levels too. <laughs> it's bad. Uh, so yeah. Oh, here we let's go. Just, let's just move on from uh from his train wreck of a debut to something more pleasant. I but hope. hey, I mean, <laughs> before before we continue to the next match, hey, I mean, Okada made the very like. Forgettable debut, so maybe this is uh, maybe this is a learning experience for one. won the battle a month after his re debut, yeah, so, yeah, of course. The of company, course. oh no, I meant I meant Wrestle Kingdom debut. What I meant was Wrestle Kingdom debut, yeah, yeah, after that one, he became champion for, yeah, for like yeah. a month or a month and a half. So, so maybe, yeah. maybe Wato will become, I mean, not as fast as Okada, but maybe you know, yeah. something better. I, we hope so because you know we, we don't want to wish you know anything like bad on any, everybody else. So I'll go last on the next match because yeah. And speaking of the next match, sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry ABL. I, yeah. But speaking of the last match, this is a good transition because Jude said a train wreck, and the next match is the most beautiful train wreck I've ever seen. Yeah. And yes, yes. ABL with the geeky ones, and this was his call. The next match was for the never open weight title between my lookalike. No, he's I'm kidding, he's way better looking. Jeff Cobb and the Come never open weight champion, Shingo 
You're just being so, you're just being humble, dude. Nah. <laughs> no. <laughs> so we'd like to have Jude um have his thoughts on the match and then Abel will be the last. <clears throat> okay. So I guess. Okay, I'll start with this one. Um Okay, I I guess I've been a Shingo guy since 2019. I really enjoyed his matches, especially when he, especially like his G1 really opened a lot of eyes. Uh, really put a lot of eyes on him. Like he's been really good way back, way before his New Japan debut. Like he was really really good in Dragon Gate. He was um, I think he went to Bolga in PWG. He went to Ring of Honor. He he just went around. One of those wrestlers that got around, traveled around pretty heavily. So, and now that he's in New Japan, you know, he's the best representative. He's the best representative of what uh, the Never Open Weight Championship represents, um, which is just strong style, classic strong style. Um, or strong style or brawler, you know, just really aggressive, high quality train wreck matches. That oh wait, not train wreck. Um, human destruction derbies. In that sense, and they delivered. This match was for me the best match of Wrestle Kingdom. Best match of Night Two, of course. Um, this is Jeff Cobb's best match. Uh, because. Um, his 2019 run was a bit underwhelming. His 2020 great. Uh, we saw him greatly improved, and now that he's a heel, he has a bit more edge. You like, you remember? You kind of remind, kind of reminds you that he was once a monster in Lucha Underground, which is Matanza Puerto. But yeah, great guy, great wrestler. Um, this is one of the best matches of 2021, and I don't think that. I think this will remain like in the top five of the year, and I'll say that this is my, yeah, this never open weight championship matches have been really really cool. Like Minoru Suzuki, Ishi, Taichi, even Ibushi and Osprey, even for that short while they even Desperado, yeah, like, it was just it's just really great. Like the never open weight was once a belt that missed its mark like it was supposed to be a young young man's belt but now it's uh it's a belt that represents that you never give up never back down kind of championship and it's really great so yeah more great things for shingo and after this after this event he has he has a new rivalry to, to do and i'm really excited for that yeah i have to say the same thing with Jude, I'm excited for the rivalry that we will reveal after uh, we discuss Real Kingdom and the New Year's Stash. Oh yeah, my thoughts on this match. Um, first of all, I actually didn't skip this match. I was actually buying, eating my food during this match. And boy oh boy, that food tasted a whole lot better. Shout out to Marugami Udon, that's where I was eating after working out. It was actually one of the best meals I had because I was just eating, and this is how good the match is. My food got cold because I was so focused in the match. And that's my thoughts. My food got cold because of how good this match is. We've seen the never open weight title become a hot potato, but now Shingo is 
cemented never opened with as the second biggest belt in Japan and and I mean in New Japan since the unific uh, the double top gold dilemma it's still a dilemma because we wanted to be separated, but Ibushi now has plans to unify it. So yeah, I think the never open weight. I think this might be a bold statement, but the never open weight to Shingo is Shingo's magnum opus so far in New Japan because it's comparable to how Nakamura elevated the Intercontinental Belt to prominence. Shingo is doing it with the no never open weight, like you oh, wait. said. Okay, I, I okay. want to say that in terms of like Shingo matches, this is uh, this is a close second to still the Ishi match that he had in G1. But yeah, yeah, so awesome. I, th- I think this is New Japan rewarding Shingo for being a guy who has been consistent since day one. He's the most, arguably the most reliable guy right now. Never had a bad match. Even sold uh, one of Jude's new favorite finishers, the, uh, the money clip, really well. <laughs> so, so yeah, I think Shingo and Cobb uh, did well. For me, it's also the best match in Wrestle Kingdom. And with that, um, let's go to the guy who called it to be the best match of Wrestle Kingdom 15. Abel. I don't know if you guys are seeing this, but I'm dancing. I'm dancing because I called it first time. First time I called it, like I felt like I was really uh, confident. Uh, I was really confident about um, calling it back in our t- um, the Geeky Ones podcast uh, episode. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm really happy to see Jeff Cobb and Shingo Takagi fight. So the line of this one is, I mean, the way I predicted it in the Geeky Ones episode, uh, best match of the night uh, of the of Wrestle Kingdom. So the reason why I felt like it was the it was gonna be the best match is because uh, I enjoy Jeff Cobb any promotion he goes to, uh, even if his match with AEW in in AEW with against John Moxley. Uh, even if it was like a one and done thing, it was okay, but it, it was consistent. He was still consistent. So, um, if we were talking, if Derb was talking about um, rewarding Shingo Takagi for his consistency, this was Jeff Cobb rewarding New Japan for the contract that he just signed. So, I'm really happy for Jeff Cobb for signing with a promotion that will specifically um, accentuate his positives and also I'm happy that Shingo Takagi is getting a run that he really deserves because there was a time I don't know if you guys know this but there was a time where while everyone was discussing like best in the world back in 2010 I'd like to say uh, the year Sami Zayn let me check that first um when did Sami Zayn leave, uh, join WWE? Uh, Sami Zayn went to 2015, WWE. 2015, 2014. Was he? Okay, wait. Here we go. He was in 2013. Okay. Back in that time, like before he signed, he was in the conversation of best wrestler in the world. 
Sami Zayn, uh, Kevin Owens, well, Ke- um, El Generico, Kevin Steen. Yeah. Um, there was even talk of Jay Lethal, Jay Briscoe. There, there were a lot of like really great wrestlers. But if you look at it, there was only one wrestler that was really consistent, um, never changed, still one of the best wrestlers during that time, and still proves to be one of the better wrestlers in 2020. It's Shingo Takagi. Never changed for how many years? He's been consistent, and that speaks volumes on what his legacy is as a wrestler. So, with that being said, uh, I, I, I don't have enough words to keep saying praises about them. Uh, this match is probably, the, to me, the best match in the card. And I've always appreciated the Never Built, uh, um, especially when Ishii and Shibata held it because it was like revered in a very high place. So, getting that kind of vibe from Shingo Takagi, that, that gives me chills. And I'm happy that and also, um, a while ago, I, we, I said that um, Empire is going to be a force to be reckoned with. Another match to prove that they are a force to be reckoned with in 2021 going forward. So, up next, uh, I'm so proud of that answer. Uh, <laughs> we're going to go next with, San- uh, this one is, we're going to the last three matches. This is Sanada versus Evil. Uh, with Sanada going over Evil, but this is uh, the match being former partners becoming bitter enemies. Jude, go ahead and start us off. What did you think of that match? Okay, I think I'll say that this is the best story in of the event. Like, best story because you get two former tag team partners with a great amount of history. I think three-time IWGP Tag Team Champions, two-time World Tag League winners, and you know, members of the of one of the most successful factions in New Japan, LIJ, and you know, you'd never expected that Evil would turn on, would turn on their faction, would turn on Naito, would turn on everyone. And join the Bullet Club and be double champion. And it was just shocking. And it was shocking to a point that it was heartbreaking, but shocking to a point that it was annoying because Evil's run wasn't really wasn't really the best. But yeah. Uh, this one this match meanwhile is really really good. Um you know the storytelling was there and Actually, the story, you can even feel the story, like, some elements of the story in their outfits, like, you know, both both in all black, I think it's a great indicator, great reminder of their past as a tag team, because, you know, both of them were, both of them were, like, the best tag team, one of the best tag teams in the world at some point, and then, you know, right now, and then, but now, you know, you get, you get two wrestlers. You get Sanada, who's proving himself to be one of the best singles competitors in Japan, and proving that slowly but surely he's getting there when it comes to winning when it matters the most. And then you get Evil, who was given an opportunity and was now trying to recover from losing double gold, and you know. I don't like his turn. I still don't like 
evil as Bullet Club because of his heel antics that betray his impressive rings in ring skills. And yeah, best part of this match was Dick Togo getting getting thrown to the table. Because you know, you know that when Dick Togo is out of the equation, Evil's matches just feel so much better because Evil actually has to wrestle. Which he really is which he really is good. You know what he's yeah. really great he's a really yeah. great wrestler and the fact that having having a spoiler, having um a manager in Dick Togo just is weird, you know. Kenta doesn't need a manager. Even though he has heel antics, he doesn't need another guy to make sure that he can win. He doesn't need an insurance policy in form of a res- another wrestler or a, or a manager. He has his own ways to do so. I think in the long run, Evil in Bullet Club, like, he needs to lessen the antics and be... And just wrestle like the way he did back in back when he was in LIJ, where you know he was he was still an anti-hero. He had some uh, dirty tricks, but you know just good. It worked well on his in his favor. And for Sonada, like uh, spoil, spoiler for the main event. I hope he succeed. I hope he I hope he does. Um, I hope he gives most of uh, what opportunity he has given himself after Resident Kingdom Night 2 and just um, take it off from there. I hope he wins G1 this year. I hope or at least get far in G1 or New Japan Cup. I hope he wins one of the major competitions this year and hope that puts him well. Hope that gives him another great spot in Wrestle Kingdom next year. So yeah, that's my take. All right. So with that being said, I'll go next with this one. Uh, I'll just say that um, I won't be focusing on the match because I know both of you guys are gonna be like completely immersed in the match itself, and you will probably say what I am probably thinking. So I'll move past that. But I'll go ahead and say Dick Togo can still fucking perform even in this height of his career. I, I, I sincerely believe like if you put him anywhere, not just in a New Japan ring, even in a WWE, Dick Togo can still perform. He's just amazing. He's, he, his act is always timeless, like wherever he is. Like in Kayantai, he's all he always acts as a muscle, um, like... Uh, I'm gonna eat you up. Like uh, he's like strong style guy. Have you seen that guy? He's like a 50 year old Gayot Tito or yeah. Gayot Lolo. Yeah, man. So, he's just that. He's just your like muscular uncle that will fight anyone for his team. So during his time in Kayantai, he'd be protecting his Kayantai team. And right now, he's protecting Evil. He's doing everything to for Evil to win. So. I don't know, man. No, Dick Togo, just just a class act, a Hall of Fame, future first ballot Hall of Famer. I'm calling it right now. So how about you, Derb? Go ahead. Yeah. So yeah, you, you said that I will focus on the match, and I think I will. And I will. Um, let's sum it up with Sanada finally has surpassed Evil, even though he hasn't won a singles belt in New Japan. 
a big one. Uh, Evil has one, two, I mean three, because Evil was a former never open weight and a former double gold champion. But this win, um, people are ex- were expecting Evil to win because usually New Japan books Wrestle Kingdom matches and the previous uh, winner loses the match. Boy, oh boy, Okada, ha- Okada, I mean, Sanada now has two big wins over Evil. One, uh, to propel himself into the files of G130, and this one, which was a blood feud, and what a switch switch around by New Japan. They were teasing this new Sanada, this emotional Sanada, this murder Sanada, if we can uh, borrow from murder Ibushi, with Ibushi. <laughs> but, wow, they, they made it to a point that we were expecting it, but Sanada won. By playing it cool, like as always, like being Sanada, he's clean, in which man. the commentator on that one. But I do think that side will show up soon. Um, it's a spoiler, but with what Jude said, um, it might show up when he meets another guy who's usually jovial, but gets into <laughs> the dark days. And yeah, um, I think. Set up, sets up Sanada to whatever New Japan want him. Because I think he won't get a belt soon. But my call is with Judas well. I'm with Judas well here. Call it now. Sanada is gonna be the G1 winner. G131. Ooh. Also, Dick Tongo going through the table was a highlight. Evil's reaction was also a highlight. But my highlight, my Dick Tongo highlight was when Sanada kicked Evil. I think he kicked Evil and Evil went into the ropes while Dick was in the turnbuckle and turnbuckle and landed on his belly and fell down. Dick Togo was shouting, oh shit. I think he was shouting expletives that, expletives that were really funny. So yeah, <laughs> those are my thoughts. But we it was our, funny. We have our early predictions from Derv. Jesus. Yeah. We're, we're going off immediately. <laughs> Okay, so yeah. next, this is the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match with Hiromu Takahashi going, uh, defeating, going over against Taiji Shimori. So, uh, I'll go with this one quickly and then you guys can go next. Um, yeah, I'll go with this one quickly as well. This was really obvious because it was like written in the stars, no pun intended. It was just like Hiromu, the superstar that he's destined to be. It's just like going supernova as the junior heavyweight ace. And there's no way Taiji Shimori can stop. Even if he's a muscular pit bull, he cannot stop this train called Hiromu Takahashi. So, yeah, and um, nothing else to say. Like, Takahashi's the star of this one. Like, you, you cannot deny. And um, I'll go ahead and save the. I think you have there a prediction for Hiromu Takahashi. Go ahead. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm gonna go this show over uh, with this match. Uh, it's gonna be short. Um, my thoughts on the match? It was really good. Um, not as good as the best of the Super J finals, but still good. Uh, I like the callbacks to the Jingo show where Takahashi injured, wrestled with an injured shoulder and. Call this at IG Ishimori took advantage of that and got Hiromu to tap out. But now, um, I like the comment, I have to praise the English commentary, 
commentary team again, they were calling back to the shoulder. And then they said that Taiji Ishimori felt disrespected even though he was the champion. Hiromo was the face of the uh, junior division. Which he is. Can't deny that even when Koshida was still around, Koshida got the belt because Hiromu got injured. Right? So, the interesting part is the one I wanted to zone in. Because Chris Charlton and the rest of the English commentary team were starting to hype up. Hiromu Takahashi, he main eventing a Wrestle Kingdom show. Oh, they there stick we go. to the two-day Um, I think it will happen really soon. Because Hiromu is the supernova that they needed to carry the juniors for a long time. And my prediction, if it does happen, it won't be for the junior heavyweight belt. I think it's going to be for the IWGP heavyweight title. And it has to be against Naito, his mentor. So... Hey. Yeah. yeah, that's more focusing on the the, uh, the details around the match rather than the match itself, which I know was good. So I think Jude will discuss the match more. I think. Okay. Okay. Well, I just want to say that this match is like I think it's in a way you could say Hiromu's coming out party like. We know how good he was, how good he is, like in the juniors. Even though he gets, even though injuries have stopped his momentum for, for a significant period of time, we know how good Hiromu Takahashi actually is. He's a freaking time bomb, and yeah. the way he explodes, he runs around in the ring, goes high risk. It's just so exciting to watch, and this is. Hiromu Takahashi at its fine at his finest in Wrestle Kingdom and this is probably Taiji Ishimori's best match as well. Like they just went they had great chemistry together in this match. It was way bad they just redeemed what happened in Jingu. Jingu's match wasn't really as strong. It wasn't really good. Uh yeah, this was this was a star making performance for Hiromu Takahashi and he's being hyped up as a junior that can that would like to dare face heavyweights while as a junior. And yeah. It's, it's, and that's a storyline that's been used by New Japan quite a few times. And I hope this I hope this leads to, you know, Hiromu graduating from junior and going to heavyweight. You know, yeah. there New Japan has an excellent history of former juniors winning heavyweight gold, even though it's not as doesn't happen that often, but still, it's uh, I really hope it happens. I really hope that you know, as Derb you said, you know, it would be a great way to great. This would be a great match if Romo would face Naito. Yeah, I hope that's both yeah, of them. Yeah, I hope that happens because uh, it didn't happen at the anniversary um, show. But- Oh yeah, like if we're gonna go advanced as advanced as heck booking, um, I think I think he almost has a chance to win the next Super Junior BOSJ, even though he doesn't need to. He just yeah. has to. He just has to just show up and be dominant, and I think it would work. Yeah, but yeah, that's my take. It's a really great match. Um, Hiromu, if you want to see how Hiromu Takahashi wrestles. Why is he called the time bomb? Yeah, this is uh, this is one of those matches you have to show. 
Yeah, nice right. you. And I would like to add before we head into the main event. Yeah. I would like to add with what you said. Um, I agree. This is Taiji Shimura's best Wrestle Kingdom match. Remember Wrestle Kingdom 13? He, he went against Kushida, and that match was far below the expectations of a junior heavyweight title match at Wrestle Kingdom. Last year, I think he was in a tag match, right, dude? Hero? No, no, no. Taiji Shimori. It was in a junior tag match, if I recall. Yeah. So, yeah, this is finally him getting his moment as well. And, yeah, we can see someone, a certain someone getting the belt from Hiromu. But that's future booking. And we would like, uh, we can discuss this on a later period if it does happen. Because there's still one guy who's really hot, who was in this card. Coming off the best of the Super Junior Finals, El Desperado. So now oh. we go into the match that is now the longest Wrestle Kingdom main event of all time. It's the comeuppance of Jay White as he got defeated by Kota Ibushi after Jay White gave Ibushi hell for like a year and a half, and Ibushi never won against Jay White after that G1 win. So, if I can go ahead first, that's why I took the liberty of... Um, this was a great match, but I think it went too long. Um, even though the pacing was really good during the last... During the last half of the match, the first part... Let's put into four quarters. The first part of this match was really slow. Sorry. I mean... This match could have been Naito Ibushi in day one. Because Naito, the effect of this is okay, Jay White is more resilient than Naito. Considering Naito is the guy that they were marketing as the more resilient of the big four. Because he was like being injured by Suzuki, like Chris Jericho, but that, that. And more like that. But I think they got it wrong here. I think it was. Um, um, I think this should have been it because with the white story of him being able to beat Jay White, this could have proven that um, he could beat Jay White in a shorter amount of time than he needed to beat Naito. That's my only gripe about this match is that there were really more fillers. If I think the mat, uh, the Okada was my match had fillers, this one had more, but I think this had a better half, a better second half. Compared to the Okada Osprey match. So, I think we have Abel next and then we we'll go to the last for this one. Of course. So, with that being said, uh, the one line that I can get away, like, that I can give away for this one is Koto Ibushi is finally God. Uh, he, he, I mean, I wish, I, I think I mentioned it in the previous recording that got busted up. Uh, I wish it would have been it would not have been his um, moment. Why? Because Kota wasn't able to finish, like definitively finish Hiroshi Tanahashi. And I think it would have been better if Kota was able to run through all the things that had hindered him in the past and then getting to that god level status. But now, you know, they just gave him the title. But he so truly deserves. So I'm okay with it. I'm happy with it. And uh, fun fact, it's nice to see that, I mean, 
me being your resident uh, Kenny Omega fan, I'm happy that uh, the Golden Lovers are actually world champions in two different uh, two different major promotions. While Derv is being a dick, no, <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But yeah, uh, st- I, I still um, I still am with Derv on this one, though. I, as I said, I'm I still wish that Naito got his win here. With that being said, to set up the the Ibushi road, Ibushi road, Bushi road, see what I did there. Uh, the Ibushi road to God, I think it would have been better to have him take a much difficult road than just a one-night struggle. I, I mean, a two-night struggle, I guess. But other than that, yeah, uh, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the decision. And the Jay White, hmm, that's for later. Continue on. Are we? Yeah, continue on, guys. Okay. <laughs> <Who's next? laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> I okay. I, so Jay White versus Kota Ibushi. I think this is Jay White's best match yeah. in New Japan yet. If he decides to, you know, well, for another for a discussion for a bit later. But yeah. <laughs> Jay White has Jay, this is Jay White at his finest as well. Like you know, um, this guy he's a heel, you know, and it's I really there are times that early on in his run I kind of don't like his heel at uh, his be him being a heel, but this one just sold like you know he's the methodical slow American style heel that yeah. New Japan. Hates actually Japanese fans hate, and yeah, he just pulled it off well. Um, his moves are so good, like the way that he transitions to blade to the Blade Runner. His, I just I really enjoy the match. Like right now, I'm just thinking of the many moments of how good Jay White was in that match, and it was just it was a showcase of uh, what can what can he do and. You know his potential long term, but yeah, for Kota Ibushi, this is just icing on the cake, and finally establishes you know, he establishes himself as God and the top guy in New Japan. And you know, it's he's a he's a part of the big four, and the fact that he's the only one before this event, he's the only one without a world title win, is an injustice. Would have been, you would all, I would always question him being in the big four if he didn't win the heavyweight title. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. I think Jude. Uh, yep, that's it. That's it. So, we're going to skip to New Year's Dash because there's a certain someone named Jay White who had the best promo of his life after that match, but we're going to talk about that, him. At the end, so guys, what were your thoughts about New Year's Dash? You dropped the AKA spoiler. The follow- you dropped the spoiler, Derb. <laughs> of course, we have to talk about the hottest names in pro wrestling today. But, but yeah, first, like- we have to go through New Year's Dash, which is the fallout from Wrestle Kingdom 15, and since. Jude went last uh, during the Ibushi White match. Uh, we would like him to go first, 
and hear his thoughts on New Year New Year's Dash as a whole, as an event. What is making you excited after New Year's Dash? Go ahead, Jude. Okay, um, New Year's Dash. Okay, I think my favorite moment, the one that is exciting for me, is Shingo Takagi versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Like, this is like a dream match in some way. You know, the Shingo was a top guy in Dragon Gate, and during that time, you know, Tanahashi was at the top of the New Japan world, and about time they faced each other like in about time they faced each other in New Japan and for a title like and also for Tanahashi um you know he he has won heavyweight titles he has won the IC he has won the tag team champions a champion yeah he's, he's become a tag team champion but now him chasing the never open weight it's about time too like I know he's getting older and his chances of becoming a heavyweight champion or intercontinental champion again is gonna be slim or slimmer than than previous years but yeah the never openweight champion is something that he hasn't conquered yet yeah he has become rev pro before you know and I think this is one of those belts that you know it's it's nice to see him contest for because you want to see Tanahashi in a strong style, in strong style bouts again, like, and you know, can't stop fun. the dragon. Can't stop the dragon, man. I'm so excited for this. Like, I just hope that um, Shingo and Tanahashi would just exceed all other Shingo matches before it, like. I really hope they have really one great match. Even though if it's... I don't care if it's just one great match. I just want to see them just go at it. You know, 5 star, 5.5. Five just destroy each other for that belt. Yeah. And I like to see... A, I, I somehow like to see Tanahashi hold a never belt. It's kind of weird because, you know, Tanahashi... Tanahashi, you, you always picture him holding the heavyweight or the IC. So, yeah. it's gonna be weird if he does win. But yeah, so excited for that. And, yeah, that's one. That's um, For Sanada and Kota Ibushi, I'm also excited for that. Um, I really, I don't think, I don't think Sanada would win anytime soon, but, you know, it's gonna be him. It's gonna be a matter of so close yet so far for Sanada, but it's gonna help him build uh, to a good 2021. But yeah, that's it. That's for me. Those are the my takes for NYB. Yeah, so I think, can I go for the next? Go yeah. ahead. Go ahead, man. Yeah, so, yeah, Sanada Shingo um, would like to add, I would like to add something to Jude's, what Jude said. Basically, it's the ace of New Japan for the early 2010s and uh, late latter half of the 2000s versus fi- the final boss of Dragon Gate. This is how I see it. Koshingo was the final boss of Dragon Gate. And good thing is, 
we're, we have the schedule for the New Beginning shows. And the New Beginning in Nagoya event, which is a big one, is going to be headlined by Takagi versus Tanahashi. Um, aside from the matches, because we forgot to mention Sanada, I think Jude mentioned it before, but we forgot to mention uh, that Sanada showed up after she won against Jay White and challenged him to a title match. Uh, I think uh, Jude alluded this during the Sanada Evil uh, review. But um, yeah, so that is said, and that's going to be the main event for the February 11 mat, uh, New Beginning show in Hiroshima. But also, um, I would like to commend Tenzan and Kojima for how they sold the injury to Tenzan after getting beaten up by the Empire. You would have thought it was Kojima who would have been stretchered uh, because of him receiving uh, the hidden blade. I think face first, right? It was yeah. uh, it was it, it wasn't the back of the head. It was in the face. I, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was there. I think it was a front, yeah, front yeah. hidden blade, <laughs> not so yeah. hidden blade. Yeah, so I, I would like to comment the moment where it felt too real, and I think it might be real, but Kojima is the pick because you want Kojima to go against Osprey because Kojima is still the one that can go, but also how Kojima acted like. You know it's real when someone is calling you by the, your birth name and not your screen name. So I think that made it real when Kojima was calling Benzan in his birth name, right? So yeah, I would love to comment that. Also, lastly, holy shit that Bushi made the final interview. He got the pin, New Year's Dash. So we're calling him Big Match Bushi now. I think Jude was the one who told us this one. Big Match Bushi in their Discord channel, in the Keep One channel. So yeah, finally happy to see Bushi not take the pin, but get the winning pin on a multi-man LIJ match. So with that, Abel, what are your thoughts on New Japan Dash? Uh, New Year's Dash, I mean. New Japan Dash? <laughs> uh, New Year's Dash, uh, first off, I'm already commending Gabriel Kidd. I really feel like he's a young Steven Regal. I wish he does, you know, really great things. And I think uh, Tamatonga called him out. Like he, Tamatonga said, um, he was impressed that Gabriel Kidd powered through New Japan during this tough time. So um, that's a great sign. Uh, United Empire is gonna be like a really great um, faction moving forward. I, as I said, uh, uh, one of my bold, bold predictions is that maybe this year Osprey wins one, um, and not just Osprey. Like maybe Okan and Cobb, you know, gets their hands on on titles as well. Uh, uh, dangerous Deckers. I'm looking at Taichi and Zack Saber to be um, to go Supernova also, but I'm not sure if as tag team or as, as singles. But either way, I know that they're gonna excel this year in twenty in twenty twenty one. Taichi Goon. Yeah, man. Oh, wait, if if Goon becomes a thing, dude, you never know, man. I, I I I'm looking forward to that because of course I am Taichi. Anyways, uh, it looks like <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> I am Taichi. I don't even question my ideas with Din Din. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Din Din. 
but I'll tear my pants off in a private moment. <laughs> okay. Uh, lastly, uh, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to Hiroshi Tanahashi versus uh, Shingo Takagi. As we all said, um, it's a somehow a dream match of top aces coming together and having this amazing match. Let's say so. Uh, this is their first match, right? Sorry, email. This is their first match. I one think on they one. faced each other on G1, so probably. Oh, yeah. I think they did. I think they did. No, no, no. I think I, think, I don't think they ever did. Because like, the past two years, they've been on G1. They've been on different brackets. Yeah. So I think, yeah, wait. I'll just... Well, let's, I'll make sure while you guys uh, discuss because I want to make sure too. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm good with, uh, honestly, I'm good with uh, New Year's. Yeah, Dash. we need to get our fat rate, right? So yeah, yeah. But before we, <laughs> before we even continue with that, uh, how about you? Because uh, uh, I'd like to ask, maybe you, Derv, know about this. Uh, Roppongi 3K showed up with Rocky and show. Where do you think Yo is? Um, there's a rumor that there's going to be a 6th LAJ member, and Yo is the name that's being flown, thrown around to being the 6th member. I don't know why, but, um, but it's going to be weird seeing Japanese Spice Ganda and Tanahashi Jr. not being together. <laughs> but yeah, um, Yo, was, Yo has an ACL injury, right? Oh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ouch. that's... You know, there's a chance that he still might show up as Rapongi 3K. But I don't think but um there are times that I feel that this is a year that Rapongi 3K might not last long. You know, yeah. sure that LIJ chance might come up, but show because it's just because show has been has been so good last yeah. 2020. And to the point that he's so good that you know, soon he has to be. He has to be junior. He has to be a junior ace at some point. He has to be a strong singles competitor. Yeah. So, I'm I'm yeah. particularly looking at show. Uh, actually, also, um, just to add, yeah, I'm particularly looking at show to become quite a star in 2021 because he looks like really good, especially his recent recent showings in the super uh, super junior best of the super junior so the uh, also uh el desperado too uh, maybe a junior championship win in the year we never know maybe yeah maybe, right so uh that's about it i'm particularly uh happy with new year's dash it it was somehow predictable in a sense that you'd know the the outcomes of certain matches but it's definitely a great show to follow up uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Because it made sense of what, um, what the New how New Japan is going forward after a really great Wrestle Kingdom. So with that, um, we're done talking about Wrestle Kingdom, New Year's Dash. So let's talk about the big Switchblade in the room. Let's, the hottest name in wrestling right now let's get on is Jay White. And if you're not familiar, oh, he dropped the Jamie White promo. 
It's now called the Jamie promo. I don't know why. I, because his name, real name is Jamie. And he said that what you're seeing now is not Jay White. It's Jamie. So he teased that he might be done. But it turns out it, he might be really done. In New Japan, there were conflicting reports. Meltzer said he just re-signed a contract because I think it was Shovani who told it to uh, Meltzer or someone from AEW said it, that they wanted JY, but he re-signed a, a seven-year extension. But now uh, the further developments before we talk about this, the further de- the developments now are Jay White is not booked for any shows for now, but he he's in the anniversary posters and the New Japan poster. But the most recent one, his profile got removed in Japan's website. So I want to hear. Uh, we would like to discuss here because we're part of a show. The th- your thoughts on this Jay White situation. Okay. Um, let's go with Jude first. Okay, I think I want to say that with what's happening on Impact Wrestling, with what's happening with AEW, with all the Bullet Club shenanigans, and Tamatonga just getting triggered as hell with what's happening on those brands, um, I think Jay White doesn't even have to leave New Japan. Because, like, if Bullet Club is getting noisy, it impacted AEW. And remember, New Japan had Impact Wrestlers in their Super J Cup. I think, you know, I think there's there's a big chance that the Forbidden Door, so to speak, is gonna be opened at some point. Like, you know, JY doesn't have to leave. And the fact that Tamatonga, him and the Tongans, him and G.O.D. are, you know, in Florida, are now living in Florida, there's a chance that Jay White would still stay with New Japan and instead work with work with the likes of AW and Impact and finally open that partnership up, reopen those. So yeah, um... Although, if by chance he goes to WWE, I just hope he gets a mega push. You know, maybe, maybe great NXT run, instantly becoming, quickly becoming NXT champ, or you know, becoming debuting on the main roster and becoming Triple H Junior. <laughs> Triple H Junior. Becoming the game from the get go. I mean, not um, not uh. Not whatever Triple H had early on. <laughs> yeah. the game. I don't care if he has some freaking sledgehammer thing or not. But yeah, just mega push him in WWE. But I'm on the side that I hope he stays. That's on me. That's me. Yeah, so... Yeah, because Jay White is actually... Because he's still considered the, the top guy in the leader of the club. So, um, Jude's points are really valid. I think with Jay White um, leaving, it actually pulling that, I think, loses its identity if Jay leaves. Because it's always been led by a guy in. But before I... To discuss that, let's go to Abel first, who right. 
has opinions on this before I explain mine. Yeah, and we're gonna end the show with you because you're you're Mr. Kingswitch, right? So let's go ahead and yes. Yeah, it, it, last time we wore the king switch and it's okay. But anyway, uh, I only see this as two scenarios because I feel like a New Japan is making a power play. So as I said a while ago, they wanted to keep Tamatonga happy, right? So if Tamatonga is happy and that that uh, pretty much settles a lot of um, Bullet Club in general. So with that being said, Tamatonga is happy. And he gets to stay in New yeah. Japan. He gets to stay in New Japan, right? Yeah. So, uh, if my theory serves correct, uh, Jay White can go to New Japan, can stick with New Japan. With that, why? Because Tamatonga is in Florida. Uh, the the Tongans are in Florida. So uh, Jay White is also currently living in Florida right now. Um, all the rumors and speculations that say he's in Florida, he's gonna be in WWE, uh, can already be cut with that point already because maybe Tamatonga used the move to make himself happy, so he can get Jay White to sign to stay. Why? Because if Jay White stays with um, New Japan, he has friends in Florida that he can already uh, latch onto, which are the Tongans. So if Jay White stays with New Japan. Uh, uh, bold prediction, I just don't know when. Maybe expect a five-man match between two Bullet Clubs. The one in Kenny Omega's thing over there and one with um, Jay White. Uh, the one with Jay yeah. White. So uh, that's something that I'm, I'm incredibly looking forward to. Why? Because... Uh, Derb mentioned that um, Jay defeated Kenny. So it's either Kenny has to eke even the odds or come out as the weaker Bullet Club leader in a sense. I mean, he, he kind of is not counted as a Bullet Club leader with the elite thing going while he was doing Bullet Club. But in that sense, still, it's, um, it's, it's such a nice thing knowing that um, promotions are getting to work with one another. With that being said, I'd rather see him in WWE. Why? He has a, like, no pun intended, he has the pedigree. He has, like, a really great pedigree. <laughs> like, it's all about the game. Dude, he fits the mold. He's, he's like, uh, um, going into it. Wait, let me check his stats just for a little bit. Uh, where's Jay White? I'm sorry if I'm going a little bit farther. He's six foot one, two hundred and twenty pounds. Jesus, he's just like built for this. John Cena's six two, man. And we've come to a a an era of wrestlers becoming like top era, top rest, top uh top players in wrestling business becoming a little bit smaller than their height should be. Like in WWE, it used to be like Hulk Hogan. Uh, Brock Lesnar, six foot four, six foot eight, something like that. Now we're becoming into more like normal people size, as they like to say. And Jay White just fits the mold. He's uh, top class. He has the. I mean, yes, I missed some of his moves that he used to do in Ring of Honor, but the way he paces a match, it really looks like a WWE match, and it really looks great on him. He always comes out like looking super great and 
he elevates his opponent into a better stratosphere with that um, with his style. So if now we're talking about bias, I want to see him nowhere near NXT. I want him to go straight to Raw. I want him to go to um, the Royal. Uh, hopefully, the Royal Rumble. That's one. Second, I want to see him in Raw because I want to see Jay versus Drew. That might sting a little bit for Vince because I hear he's not fun fond with people with accents. But dude, I uh, you cannot deny how great he is at this moment. And if we're talking about AJ Styles signing with WWE before, AJ Styles was past his prime. He's still great, obviously, but yeah. he was past his prime, especially when it comes to age. Here's a guy that's coming into Raw or coming into WWE with all the window of opportunity for growth while becoming such a great star in in WWE. So it, it's a very lucrative idea. Jay White's gonna become a star wherever he goes. But for me, and I think they're, I mean, you're gonna go next. You're gonna go last on this one. I think you're gonna agree that he could, might as well do WWE. Yeah. Um, you guys want me to go to the exciting part or the fantasy booking one or the safe part first? I go with the safe part because we want to end things with a bang. Can you make a style? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's go for the safe part first. I think with Jay White situation, I think eighty percent. I'm in my head. Eighty percent. He'll resign or stay with New Japan. Um, this might be the catalyst to his face turn because um, this is Jay White finally. This is gonna last maybe a two-year story where he gets his confidence little by little and gets it back for his big main event. And most likely, he's gonna be the first Gaijin to win the Wrestle Kingdom main event and win the title as a Gaijin, being a Gaijin, right? So I think this might start into gear the civil war that people want with Bullet Club. With them fighting over the Japanese members, fighting over leadership, and who truly reigns in Bullet Club. Um, I think this is gonna lead to, if he does stay, this is definitely gonna lead to an evil match at Wrestle Kingdom, one way or another. Uh, and I think the only question is where will Gedo go? I think Gedo will, will go to the Empire. Gedo will go to the Empire. United Empire, sorry. Yeah. After this one, after James face and starts. Oh man, he's gonna be uh, the 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 dad of Will Osprey now. <laughs> yeah, basically. You have the chaos ties, right? And and it's like Osprey having the poker in his back, like Jay White having the poker in his back, like Okada having the poker in his on his back. So yeah, that's the New Japan one. What if besides WWE? There's a void in Raw right now for a main villain, for a main bad guy. Drew needs someone for WrestleMania since Miz. And let's say he can cash in, but I think with the Goldberg match, this is WWE's way of 
pushing Drew to the stars and making him because I think Drew is the face of the company because Roman is the top guy and he's the heel now that Brock is nowhere to be found. Um, WWE has revolved around two guys, Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns. Yep. Now, Roman Reigns' situation is a little bit more convoluted because we're hearing rumors of someone getting a push and WWE wants to uh, correct wrongs from a certain WrestleMania from the, the guy past. with an accent too. Yeah, a guy with an accent too and a, bit, a little bit of yao. And dude is smiling because he knows the guy. And this is a wrong for you, right? But Jay White is the perfect guy if you want to debut at the Rumble, if he's going to end at the 30th. He's in Florida, sign him at the 31st. He's perfect. Give him the eight. I would like them to give him the AJ treatment of being in the Rumble, but this is Jay White. He's only 28. You can play around with him. He's a, he has like a decade and a half of being really good. Make him win the Rumble, this fantasy booking, and this is much more fantasy, I think, if he wins the Rumble. But if WWE wants to take it slow, wants you to go to NXT, then there's a perfect way, there's another perfect way he could um, introduce himself. Because the rumors, we all know Finn Balor and Kyrie Cross will happen during the rest of the season. And Kyrie Cross is rumored to be called up. So I think if Finn wants to stay, he can still be champ. And then we can ha- finally have Finn Balor, the original lo- leader of Bullet Club as Prince Devitt, against the closest guy, the Prince Devitt as a leader, and Jay White's mentor in real life as well. So we don't know. Um Jay White is still in the poster for the anniversary show. He's in the poster for um, the New Japan Cup, but maybe since the boys are rumored to be saying a lot of good things, and two of his mentors are in New J- in WWE right now, and one is with New Japan still, but I'm falling. And lastly, aren't you curious that Shinsuke Nakamura is getting pushed? Aside from writing the wrongs, this has to be like Ada said, a power play for Jay White. Hey. So with that, that is my thoughts on Jay White, the hottest name in pro wrestling. So yeah. yeah, that wraps up another episode of Inside Beatdown. Boom and boom, boom. <laughs> no, this is like we're just fantasy booking here, but that's <laughs> life. The life of a wrestling fan. We like the fantasy booking, and if it goes right, if it happens, like Adam Blampied called something, and it did happen. Firefly Fan House. So, um, yeah, uh, before we leave, uh, we would like to thank Jude again. And Jude, can you provide us where we can follow, where the listeners can follow you and uh, promote the Geeky Ones as well? We miss you, Steven. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you can find the Geeky Ones on thegeekyones.com. Our official website where we post blogs about episodes, where we do reviews and sometimes interviews. And then you can find us on our social media profiles, which is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at the Geeky One. And then you can find our podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts. And Apple Podcast. And that's it. 
yeah, yeah. so thank you dude for um for, uh the links will be listed down below and abel um would you like to promote our our accounts and your accounts as well <laughs> i'll i'll go and after i do please promote yours there as well so uh yeah. please find us on facebook that's wrestling after work uh like like the page and of course um especially during the main podcast we'll be having a lot of um crossovers with a lot of different uh people and uh podcasts as well um don't forget to keep answering our questions or our um, hot takes every wednesday i've been missing out on a couple but yeah i apologize with that because i've been really busy but Please reply to the actual photo. Reply to the actual photo. So if you want to get, if you want to get your shoutouts or answers be, uh, to be heard on the podcast, of course uh, you'll get yours when you answer there. Don't answer on the page, okay? So don't forget about that. Uh, other than that, yeah, I'm not gonna promote my social media pages, whatever. So go ahead, there. How about yours? What's your social media pages? Yeah, you can follow me at Albert Easy on Instagram. Don't forget on Twitter. And you can also buy action figures from our shop in Green Hills. It's the Hype Bay shop. You can find my cabinet there. You can find x collectibles and Hype Base as well. So, sponsor money. Joke lang. <laughs> we're, we're friends with And uh, the other consignees. So, yeah. Um, we would like to thank Jude from the Geeky Ones again. And we're hoping Steven makes a speedy recovery. So, this is... Been, this has been Abel and me, Derv, and another episode of Eastside Beatdown. And yes, please do answer those questions because we have a surprise for you this month. So, <laughs> guys, thank you again and good night and stay safe and stay healthy. Bye. Bye. Bye.